0: You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to to the College Loop Podcast, episode 117 of the College Loop Podcast. Sorry, I I confused myself when I first made the room, and I put 118. Now I'm I'm in my own head. I'm Dylan Lark at Take on Twitter, and I'm joined here today by Mr. Harrison Tartar. How you doing, buddy?
0: Doubleheader. Doubleheader day, day game two of our doubleheader of uh, Dylan and I versus uh, Streamyard and the College Loop uh, listeners. So uh, yes, this is a uh, second show we're recording this evening, and I am just as fired up as I was in the first one to talk Auburn Georgia because gosh knows we've not talked enough about it today. And it is Georgia Hate Week. Every week is Georgia Hate Week in my household.
1: Every every nanosecond of every, every waking millisecond and not every waking second. moment of the
0: day. Is, uh, is is Georgia hate day. Um, so let's get into it. Dylan, the title of this one is Who Needs to Have a Breakout Game for Auburn to Take Down Georgia? Now, you brought up a really funny comment right for the show that honorable mention, Philip Montgomery. <laughs> and I don't know that you're wrong. Uh, that's a, that's oh, a, I'm not. That's a good place to start. How does, how does Philip Montgomery have a breakout bounce-back game uh, against the University of Georgia, which is not a team you want to try to bounce back against? Uh,
1: calls a good game actually wait calls a average game <laughs> i will take that any step towards the right direction i will take in a game where all seems lost on paper but yeah phil montgomery if if it doesn't work i just don't think he should call plays anymore i i think that oh i think that's on the
0: table I think that's very much on the table right now.
1: I think Phil Montgomery might be a one-year rental at this point now.
0: Yeah, which is – what's wild to me is Phil Montgomery kind of alluding to this being a little bit of a challenge in terms of adopting to an RPO with um, the skill set that he's got. We're going to talk – some of you guys brought some really great points in the comments, and we've actually addressed every comment and almost every comment um, from last uh, last episode. We always try to deliver on those, but uh, about – the fit uh, versus if it's Hughes guy or if it's Phillips guy at quarterback, whatever, but like you had RG three. So like trying to not understand, not understanding the RPO. I'm not understanding that logic. Um, or not believing in the RPO. I'm not understanding that logic either. Um, yeah. I don't know. You're that's a good place to start is Philip Montgomery needs to have. He needs they, to play a game.
1: Did they run the RPO when or did they with the Baylor?
0: No, but they ran a spread offense with a dual threat quarterback. Like it's not that tremendously different. Fair.
1: Tell I don't think you're wrong. I had seen those more more shotgun formations with just like one running back, and I just think it was either they're gonna throw the ball deep or they're gonna just run it with RG three. Maybe Auburn could break up the
0: wing T this weekend. That works really well for like middle school teams. Um, Honestly,
1: just line everybody up in the backfield and just push.
0: <laughs> just the Michigan I formation, and and we'll just see how that goes from there. <laughs>
1: the the lowercase L formation. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. That's right. So. Dylan, you and I have both selected one player on each, I guess one player each for each side of the ball. And we're going to talk a little bit about who needs to step up uh, in, in our opinions or who needs to have a breakout game. I guess in our opinion, way too early, most valuable player if they bring their A game, right? I'm going to let you open this one up at, on, on the offensive side of the ball, Dylan, and I think I know you're going with number nine and that's fine. Let's talk about why.
1: Yeah. So earlier uh, last week I came across a graphic that was posted a few weeks ago. I quote by a guy who seemed pretty smart and received a lot of hate for the, for the comment that he made and it aged so wonderfully. Pull it back up. There it is. If Peyton Thorne gets rattled at a call station like he did at Cal, Robbie Ashford would be taking the first snap versus Georgia. For some reason, Robbie Ashford's not, at least from everything that we've heard, Robbie Ashford would not be starting against Georgia. And I can't fathom why it makes no logical sense, but I think Robbie Ashford is going to be playing this game for the bulk of the game as a starting quarterback. And I think he's going to show everybody that he is going to be the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season, whether you like it or not. I'm looking at whoever you are. On the other side we'll of be care. looking at some more
0: comments that won't agree with you. So
1: yeah, uh, there, there's plenty of disagree with me, but there are a lot that agree with me. Uh, and I think it's just because the matter of Peyton Thorne cannot play football at a high level. Uh, especially against a team that has a decent defense. Uh, we saw that with Cal. Cal is a really decent defense. And in a in a borderline neutral site environment, he couldn't do it. Then we went to an away environment, he couldn't do it. I've yet to have seen him have four good quarters at home against opponents that aren't on Auburn's level. I don't see Peyton Thorne making it out of the first quarter as Auburn's starting quarterback. And I think this one Robbie is gonna come in. I think the RPO is finally gonna get back moving and schmooving all the way down the field, uh, for what it's worth, uh, and get some field goals, get hopefully some touchdowns uh against <laughs> uh defense. But Robbie Ashford, we talked about it with with Owen. Uh oh, I forgot his last name already. Owen um, Warden. Owen Warden. I know it started with a W. Uh, I Uh almost called him Owen Wilson. That was almost that almost came out of my mouth. Wow. Uh but yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, talk about Owen uh, from the black and white, or black red, and red, red and black. I Georgia colors are I, I pretty yeah. straightforward. I, was, I could cut this part out. <laughs> I talked, talked about him, and he said the weak spot of this Georgia defense is their inability to shut down the quarterback run. And I got to be honest with everybody out there, Peyton Thorn not, not into a, that, not a threat to run, and at in some instances, not a threat to pass. I think Robbie Ashford's going to step up big time whenever he gets in to start quarterback, and he will be the remainder, as he will for the remainder of the games on the schedule.
0: I think that's a, uh, that's one of the, I guess, solutions of all time. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing, but I agree. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I do believe that Robbie Ashford's role and whatever that looks like is is tremendously valuable. But I, I'm going to go with Brian Matisse. Uh, and, and I say that because Brian Batiste showed a lot of promise. And he looked great against Texas A&M. If, if there were some some bright spots, he was certainly one of them. And you look at a, at a running back room that's now down to Alston, and a lot of people told me that Mari Alston was not on the same level as as Jarquez Hunter. Um, and you know what? This running back room is going to miss him. And I'm not wishing ill on anybody and saying, I'm oh, I'm just so glad that you're going to notice how much he's missed. No, because I don't want anybody injured. Um, but there will be a noticeable, I guess, difference in packages for the running backs uh, in this running back room now it is an opportunity for Brian Petit to step up an opportunity for Jeremiah Cobb my honorable mention I know that's another running back but for those two guys to really split the load that should belong to Demari Alston of, of work and I, I think that Brian Petit brings a lot of good things in the run game we weren't sure early in the year how he was going to fit behind this offensive line he didn't look all that sharp and then it's like a, a, almost like the light bulb came on in the best way. And 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 I, I've i been patient. I think a lot of people have been patient with Brian Battee, and he's been kind of a pleasant surprise coming out of the backfield. Uh, I, I think that he adds a lot to that Auburn runs game, especially getting downhill in, in, in his shiftiness. I, I think that that is something that, and against a defense that's not going to let you run the ball very much, I think that provides a much-needed switch-up. It's almost similar to when Auburn had Sean Shivers that just ran significantly differently than Tank Pigsby. I mean, it's just not different, right? Like, it's the same principle, just – different practice
1: add that to your uh college loop random player of the of the episode bingo car sean shivers uh but yeah i completely agree brian battee a guy who really stepped up against and one of the bright spot one of the bright spots of what was a dead flesh flashlight of the auburn offense and auburn in general uh but i mean jeremiah cobb that red shirt has been burned that thing is now just ash because Jeremiah Cobb is going to be a big spot of this offense. Well, honorable sure. mention for me, Shane Hooks. A guy who needs to step up as a true target down the field. Ravoto Fairweather is going to be a, a This is going to be one, one of the few games of the season where Ravoto Fairweather is not going to be the best tight end on the field at any given time. Right. This is this is one of the few games. And here's the thing: the soldiers defense has a decent linebacker core, really good linebacker core at that. They're going to be they're going to try to shut down Roberto Fairweather if they can. Auburn's going to need a reliable target to throw to outside of Roberto Fairweather. Also, Revaldo,
0: Revaldo Fairweather may be most valuable in pass and run blocking and run protection this game. Uh, I'm oh, not saying sure. that he's not a tremendously valuable target for those uh, the mid level passing, but also at the same time, or the intermediate passing rather. His run blocking is going to be tremendously valuable because you've got an extra blocker, and uh, that's that's what tight ends are going to have to be used for against Georgia. I'm not saying that Auburn's going to be able to effectively run the football, but they're going to have to try. I don't know that Auburn's going to be able to effectively do anything. They're going to have to try. Let's flip it over to the defensive
1: side of the I ball. Will, mm-hmm. I would say one more guy that probably needs to be worth mentioning: Gunnar Britton.
0: Yeah, clean game. That's number one. Number one thing is clean game. You can't can't get behind the sticks against Georgia. It's it, it, you're already at a severe disadvantage. You're outmanned. You're out talented. Let's just call a spade a spade. If you get yourself behind the sticks, you're not giving yourself an opportunity to be successful in whatever success looks like, and there's a lot of ways to define that. We talk about that with Owen on the pregame show that you guys will hear later in the week about what success Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Sorry, I'm dude, I'm telling you, this doubleheader thing is a grind. <laughs> We're both feeling it. We're both yeah, feeling that's it. That's no right. Worries. That's right. We're only 10 minutes into this one. Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. I'm going to kick us off here. I'm going to go with Elijah McAllister, getting pressure to Carson Beck. and 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 Elijah looked better last game. He looked stronger last game against Texas A&M. I'd like to see continued development on that front, continued development on the entire defensive front for that matter. But if Elijah McAllister can get to the quarterback and put pressure on, on on Carson Beck in a hostile environment in his true first hostile SEC road environment, then things can get weird and this game can get close. If he can record a sack, sack and a half, half a sack somewhere in there, you're, you're in good shape in terms of you can hang your hat on, you've done everything you, that you possibly can. And, and if he steps up in a big way and records, let's say Elijah McAllister has two sacks on Saturday, that's big time. Getting Georgia behind the sticks is equally as important as keeping yourselves in front of it if you're Auburn on the offensive side of the ball. Your defensive player, impact player, D- Dylan, for the Auburn-Georgia clash on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I'm currently trying to find Georgia stats on the year. Uh, they have currently only allowed four sacks. And if you and, can grab one, that's great. Yeah, uh, for sure. This And it goes into my point. Uh, Auburn has allowed 12 sacks throughout the first four right. games of the season. Um, Ten of those, of course, are on Peyton Thorne. Uh, and what, seven of those are from the Texas Stadium game? Six yeah. of those? Yeah, lovely. Uh, even more reason to my point. Uh, but, yeah, you said Elijah McAllister. I completely agree. Uh, I'm just going to go a step inside of the defensive line. I'm going to go Marcus Harris. Marcus Harris. A guy who's been really good on this defensive line. He's going to have to play really, really, really good in order to get into the storage offensive line, who, again, only allowed four sacks from the season. And I would only say three of those are during that quarters that matter. Uh, Yeah, if if this defensive line is going to be a key factor for this defense, if they're not getting pressure on on, uh, Carson Beck, it's going to be GG's. Uh, this Georgia team, not the best at running the ball. At Georgia, more I used to seeing. They don't run the ball very well, like they used to. It's a Mike Bobo effect, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but they can still find ways to pass the ball. Uh, it helps that you have the best o- one of the best o- lines in the country. You have a wide receiver core full of five stars, and Carson Beck, for as average as a quarterback as he is, he is accurate when it comes to getting the ball to playmakers. If this defensive line is not getting pressure on on Carson Beck, it's going to be a tough day for this defense.
0: You know, and and I I think that what we what we've kind of gathered we've named a lot of a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball, and certainly you continue to list the importance of of my Pritchett, Kyan Lee, of of the entire linebacking core um, stepping up in a big way. Eugene Asante obviously got to keep playing the Brandon ball that, that he has been playing. Folks, let's get real for a second before we get into your comments, your questions. We're we're, we're going to get to those here in just a moment. Well, in a second because we're also going to tell you to buy the Wardham shirt. But before we get there, let's let's just level and let's let's just make sure our expectations are tailored appropriately. And and we will talk about this when you guys hear it tomorrow on um, on the pregame show. Auburn, obviously coming into this game heavily undermanned, like I mentioned, obviously coming out of the in this game severe underdogs. If they want to keep it close, they don't need one. They're not going to need just two. They're not going to need just three. They're going to need three or four guys to have exceptionally good games. Everyone else has got to be on their P's and Q's and they're going to need help. Georgia's got to make mistakes. You've got to force Georgia into mistakes, whether that be on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball. It does not matter. You've got to force Georgia into, into making mistakes. The Jordan hair magic certainly can, can play, can play to its benefit, but it only goes so far circa Penn state just a year ago. Well, yeah, that, that was one of the loudest environments I've ever been in and Auburn just got their shit pummeled because they were not on their P's and Q's and because they were outmatched out and outclassed. So, Make sure we tailor those expectations. Um, And remember, and we're going to talk about this again on Friday, Dylan, but there are ways to be successful in this game without winning. There are no moral victories in sports. I get that. There are tangible steps of improvement, and that starts with the quarterback play. That starts with... Auburn's ability to limit penalties on the offensive line—it starts with getting pressure on the quarterback against one of the premier offense, one of the premier lines in America. The list just goes on and on and on. There are a lot of ways that Auburn can get a whole lot better on Saturday, and if they play to the best of their ability, you never know. Things can get weird. Sometimes you get a miracle. So make sure we make sure we tailor our expectations appropriately before we get into your. Questions, concerns, strongly held beliefs, and demands, and trust me, you guys came at us with some of them. Great, we love it. Absolutely appreciate your, you guys giving us some content to talk about because we want to talk about what you guys want to talk about. So that's uh, that's 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 the best case scenario for us. Make sure, Dylan, everyone needs to go get. As, as Colin's calling it now, the war damn shirt. Go pick it up on www.thewarreport.com. They're $25 coming. Five colorways, most comfortable shirt you will ever own. The College Loop War Report Podcast Network co-branded feeling loopy t-shirt. 10 out of 10 physicians recommend that you go purchase the shirt because you will feel better as soon as you get it. I promise you that. And more importantly, when you get the shirt, use hashtag feeling loopy. I know Dylan will throw that on the screen for you. Hashtag feeling loopy. That's f e l f e e l i n Loopy, on Twitter. Or
1: or feeling without the G.
0: Yeah, feeling without the G. Feeling Loopy, put it on Twitter, send us a selfie, DM it to us, whatever. We'll make sure we throw it up on our next stream live stream recording whatever that may look like double header like it is this evening and we will feature you guys we appreciate the ongoing support also make sure you like subscribe and ring the bell right here on the college of youtube channel if you're listening on youtube if you're not give us five stars thumbs up whatever platform whatever platform you listen to whatever the good rating is that's what we're great rating that's what we're looking for we appreciate you guys continue to give your comments and your questions in the comment section so we can continue to address those and we will make sure we circle back to anything still applicable on sunday all right
1: We'll say say safe to mention we we forgot to mention earlier. Auburn is get healthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I am a okay with Donovan Kaufman not playing this game.
0: I am, I would be in the the camp of keeping him out this game. Yes.
1: All right, let's get to your, and by your, I mean
0: loopers comments. So we're going to start right here with Michael B2165, and this one's a little bit longer. So let me pull this up real quick on my iPad that I got next to me um of the full comment so i can read this appropriately it starts by saying i'm old enough to remember when auburn georgia was a cordial rivalry it was every bit as intense as it is today this was especially the case when auburn head coach pat D- pat die who attended georgia and was was there at, in auburn for the tigers and georgia head coach vince dooley who attended auburn and played for auburn was there for the bulldogs okay so this is obviously in reference to uh, the comment that Hugh Freeze made, said that this is not, you know, out of hate. This is out of love, whatever. Uh, sure, I'll, if you were around, I'm not calling you old. Not calling anybody old here, Dylan. I've never been around for a rivalry between Auburn and Georgia that's cordial. Have you?
1: Uh, cordial means like they don't hate each other, right? Is that what I'm understanding? Cordial
0: means that like you can get along.
1: Oh, okay, so yeah, uh, since I didn't know what that word meant. It's clear to say, I'm not cordial with any rivalry that I'm a part of. I'm going to go and let you know. I hate everybody. I'm just going to go out. If if you're not Auburn, I probably hate you. That's as simple as that. Uh, There are some teams that are sprinkled in there that I like. Cincinnati. I do love my Cincinnati Bearcats. I do love my UTSA runners. I love the Utes of Utah. I have teams sprinkled around all over the place that I like. But majority rules, I probably hate your team. Probably. And at the top of that list... It's Alabama and Georgia. I know you're just flip flopped. I know. I understand. Yep. You're yep. born you were born and raised a tech fan and then us uh, found your way into the Auburn fan base and now you're you have double hatred for the for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh this fan this rivalry has never been cordial in my lifetime. I have never liked Georgia. I hated them. I still hate them. That I that I don't like Bulldogs. If there's ever a dog that I've banned from being in my house, it's a bulldog.
0: It's like a rare, un- a rare not good boy.
1: Yeah, it's just not a good looking dog. Bully though, at Mississippi State. That's a good looking boy. Pretty, pretty, pretty bulldog. Yes. Texas A M, and M. Pretty dog. Yeah. Ugly. is an ugly dog. Ugly fat dog.
0: Yeah, and also inbred. But anyways, uh, let's. Uh, also, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, yeah, the cord. The, this quote from Hugh that everyone's gonna, there's a couple of people that mention this too and we'll, we'll come back to it
1: the context is key though I think the key context key. is key
0: but I will still stand by this and I think everyone else in the show will stand by this hell I know the rest of the war report will it's the softest shit he could have said don't say that
1: yeah, don't, I, don't, don't do I that. want a coach who's gonna look at me and say I hate Georgia anyways all right so we've got Steven Allen 1237
0: saying preach it Dylan Robbie Ashford for QB1 all right. So, keeping your tally of in your in your camp and the Robbie Ashford camp, we've got Michael B. Again says that. Uh, okay, this is this one's a good one. This is a really really good one. I'm not hating on the first one, from Michael B. By the way, and he's going to come back up here in just a moment, literally the next one. But I like this quote a lot. It's really long, and I'm just going to give the gist of it. I'm going to read the the intro here. We have an opportunity. We being Auburn here with this rebuild. Hugh Freeze is the guy to do this. He's been the head, a head coach in the SEC and a successful one at that. He's a perfect cultural fit for Auburn. There will be plenty more dark days over the next few years, but he frees his goals to make Auburn a perennial contender. He goes on to – and I encourage all you guys to go back and read this one. I like this take a lot, um, and I say that because in the wake of the ass-whooping that was the Texas A&M game, there have been a lot of people I've seen on Twitter and, and spoken to over the phone, text messages, whatever, about – if Hugh Freeze is still the guy. One sticks out to me, a lifelong Auburn fan texted me after the AM game and said, is this really what we're going to look like under what's supposed to be? And he used, in quotes, an offensive mastermind. And Hugh Freeze, folks, this is your one. This is your one. And I know, I know, I know it feels like you were just, you just went through this. You did. You did. And, and you went through the absolute shittiest example that you could have. It's tough. I get it. Hugh Freeze has a proven track record in the SEC, in the Southeastern Conference. He can recruit well. He's re- returned around a number of programs. He mentioned it earlier in the week that he's not a stranger to turning around programs, and there's a lot of validity in that. If we look back in a couple years and Auburn's not taking tangible steps, then we can readdress and we can reevaluate. But I am with Michael firmly that there wasn't a better hire that you could make than Hugh Freeze at this point in time. And – Leaving all personal opinions uh, about uh, character aside, I don't know how anyone can look at Hugh Freeze and say that this was a bad hire for Auburn. It just doesn't make sense. And he's the only coach uh, to, at, at Ole Miss to, to defeat Nick Saban. And he's done it. He did it twice at Ole Miss. And now you throw in NIL and you throw in the fact that he's still just as good of a recruiter, if not better than he ever was, I don't see it, Dylan. I don't see why people can't get behind that.
1: Yeah. And I also, I'm not, I don't understand the camp of we look bad now. So let's fire him now, kind of thing. Like Mike Norvell at Florida State has been there for four years and he survived another, like what can be a toxic fan base at Florida State. Uh, And he got through there. And now they're looking like they're going to be a contender for a few years, for years to come now. You got to be patient. I know I am of. I have had some Saturdays, uh, mainly the last one, where I was like, "Okay, maybe it's time to fire a coordinator." But I've never been of this. Fire the coach, unless it's like a couple years in, maybe like one and a half, (laughs) and there's no production on the team, and you're struggling to beat San Jose State at home, and and you just basically, I'm saying. The Potato gave you a clean example of when you should fire a coach early on in the process of what they are building. But Hugh Freeze has established already, he is wanting to build a perennial powerhouse in Auburn. It just takes time to do that. Georgia was give, went from Mark Rick to Kirby Smart. That is not a drop-off. Auburn went from the latter half of Gus Malzahn to a giant drop-off that is the Mariana's Trench of the Potato Man. And then Hugh Freeze is sitting there with a bucket of cement and bricks trying to build Auburn back up, and it takes time to do that. Don't fire a man because of one season where you didn't get an actual championship. Not every season can turn out like 2013. Auburn, honestly, it, it was awesome that it happened. It was a little lucky that it happened. Uh, Mainly Trey Matthews, future Auburn Tiger, giving the ball up by trying to pick the ball out of his own teammates' hands that fell into Ricardo Lewis's hands. Very lucky that happened. And then Nick Saban just deciding, you know what, why not? Let's kick a 56-yard field goal and put only O O'Lyman on the field whenever there's someone already back there. Those seasons don't happen. Auburn needs to give Hugh Freeze time to do that. 2024, expect a better season. 2025, expect contention.
0: Right. And, and I want to bring this back to the Georgia game for a second and, and explain how this is applicable here. Every single year up until now and until next year, which obviously we actually talked about this the show, this is the last annual installment of the, of the Deep South's oldest rivalry until we figured that out because I, I don't love that Auburn and Georgia won't be playing every year. That's neither there there. But when it comes to rivalry games like this, like Georgia, like Bama, like LSU, when your competitors – are light years ahead of you. It is unjust to the, your new head coach being Hugh Freeze. It is unjust to the athletes that have committed to Auburn and that are putting in the work to do what everybody now agrees agrees that they're actually doing everything that they can to progress and, and, and play the best brand of football they can be. And you're doing yourself a disservice by jumping off the rails when Auburn inevitably gets their butts handed to them on Saturday. Uh, it, it, that, and, and we'll talk about it in our predictions about where things stand. Um, I don't particularly think this game will be close. Georgia is, under Kirby Smart, the gold standard of college football. And you cannot expect for under one year, not even a complete offseason, under Hugh Freeze, for Auburn to be there yet. You can't expect for them to be there next year either, because of solely because the guys that they're bringing in are so dang young. And I know the transfer portal makes things expedited. I I understand that, and I, I'm bringing that in. But losing a game to a team like an A and M that you think that you could have competed with, and you're being frustrated is fine. It's okay to be frustrated. Starting to point blame after losing a game like that, and then some of you guys are going to go off the rails on on Saturday, even if, if if and when Auburn gets their ass handed to them, you, you they will, people will. It's unrealistic. And unfair to everyone involved. It's unfair to me and Dylan sitting here on the college loop having to tell you guys that that's unfair. Like it's it's there's there's no one that wins there. If this was year three and Auburn still getting their butts handed to him, I'd be I'd be listening to you and we'd be talking about it. It's year one. It's game five, right? I had to ask that twice today. I just, whole season. Yeah, yes, week five. Whole season's a blur.
1: By the way, do don't worry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God, I
1: need it so bad,
0: but. <laughs> That's, that's my two cents worth on that. I'm going to jump down. I know Michael B mentioned something else. We're going to jump down and go a little bit further here. Um, And we're going to talk from uh, AUTK, which would probably mean, yeah, Auburn University something would be my guess, like someone's initials. Okay. Answer to the question posed in the description, it looks like winning. Now, the question posed in the description is, What does a Robbie Ashford led offense look like versus Georgia? She said that he or she said, In answer to the question posed in the description, it looks like winning. Afraid we waste a quarter more with the SOS first, though. SOS first, I don't know exactly what that means, and that. Changes the entire possibilities. I'm assuming that mean, means
1: uh, save our ships or save our souls, right?
0: Right. Yeah, but I'm just clear. I'm, I'm not entirely sure how that plays in. But I understood the context, Dylan. If Auburn could,
1: it, could they mean pos? That could have
0: also been on the table. I'm not entirely sure. If Auburn plays Peyton Thorn and rides with Peyton Thorn for an entire quarter and he's not playing well, there's no way Auburn's even close, right?
1: No, I don't. I don't think Peyton Thorne goes into that. Second drive as a starting quarterback. If the first drive does not go well, I, I think this leash that he is going to be on against Georgia is so microscopically, microscopically small that it's not even worth just like thinking about putting him. in. I have heard some people say that Robbie might be might be hurt from the A and M game, so oh. maybe they are just like I'm not. I'm like, why not? Why wouldn't he be hurt? Right, right, because uh, everyone else is, but. Uh, Robbie's not hurt, if Robbie is 100%, uh, Robbie Asher is going to be playing in the first quarter. And he'll be playing in the second quarter. He'll be playing in the third quarter. He'll be playing in the fourth quarter. And then he'll go into that bye week as a starting quarterback. And he'll go into the LSU game as a starting quarterback. And Mississippi State. And Mississippi, Ole Miss. fact, reverse it.
0: Moving forward, this is another Keep question you for you, Dylan. What do you guys think of Josh Pate coming to the Plains this week? Also, what is your opinion on his take that Auburn will bounce back and possibly make it a game this week?
1: Uh, I am a big fan of Josh Pate. Uh, I, I think he's when it comes to college football podcasters, besides the college loop, of course, I think he's one of the best. Uh, and I say that out of complete love. Uh, I think Josh Pate is like on top of the college football podcast right now. Uh, but him coming to Auburn is unexpected, really. Uh, he came around, uh, the last two games he went to, which were oh crap, who was the other one? Once upon a Saturday tour, went to. They went to Ohio State-Notre Dame last week. And, oh, my Lord, I cannot believe that I am forgetting it. I listen to his show literally every day. It's bothering me. Yeah. Uh, But the last two games that he's went to, the game ended on a last-second play.
0: Also, if that happens, by the way, advantage Auburn.
1: Uh, He went, oh, my God, where did he go week three? I'm going to lose my mind. While you're
0: figuring that out, I'll read this one out. This is from Jeremiah Hesick 1729. Just a little shout-out to you, Dylan. Also, Dylan, I've been following you since your SEC FB News page was started. Crazy to see how far it's come. Well, we're happy to have you over here at The Loop. Dylan's Colorado.
1: Colorado State, Colorado. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. I I was looking over here at ESPN while trying to listen. Yeah, I appreciate that, dude. Uh, That page has done me so many wonders throughout my uh almost seven years that i had it been running out pages since i was a junior in high school uh taught me everything i need to know by myself i had a big graphics and everything i don't know i don't understand photoshop but if you tell me how to do something pixart and canva i know how to do it uh but yeah that's a I'm, i love that you've been following uh sc football news and then now you follow the college loop but that's awesome but to go ahead to michael b's question about uh or autks is about what, oh sorry you? about the josh pate jeremiah oh yeah jeremiah's question uh yeah back-to-back weeks uh, colorado state colorado and then ohio state notre dame uh back to back weeks where it finished on the last second of the game uh wasn't an upset uh so maybe just the last second for georgia but that'd be stupid uh i think auburn can bounce back i made a prediction for the tomorrow show yeah <laughs> Uh, that was a little different than the other two. I think there's a chance Auburn can stay in this game for a little bit longer than people can give them credit for uh, strictly because it's injured in hair. I don't, I'm not very high on Georgia this year. I think they're still good. I just don't think that they're the caliber they have been over the past two years. Sure. Uh, I think if Auburn can figure something out offensively, uh, whether that if Peyton Thorne goes out and balls out, then sure. But, uh, I don't think it's possible, but I think Robbie Ashford can go in there and mess up uh, George's defensive uh, prowess, but their momentum and kind of keep it close. If Auburn get pressure on that quarterback, that also is going to make it very weird.
0: Well, I'm going to skip over one uh, question we've got and we'll come back to it. Um, Come see 1752 says Robbie Ashford is not the answer. He had a full season at starting quarterback, which is not true. Um, And, Still makes the stupid bonehead throw back across your body into triple coverage. Um,
1: go ahead. Oh, boy. You. Okay, come see 1752. Uh, let me go ahead and let you know something. Uh, one bonehead throw, you were mounting that to the other bonehead throws made by Peyton Thorne. That's crazy to me. Because last time I checked, uh, Robbie Ashford played the best of in three quarterbacks in a and Right as that, whether that matters or not, uh, he threw on target against AM. There was one throw where it got he got lost on him. I have not seen anything this year that has told me Robbie Ashford is not the better thrower than Peyton Thorn. And here's the thing: how I, I, this comes up every time someone comments something stupid like this. Why does Robbie Ashford get like the benefit of the doubt? I don't care that he, I know you mentioned he was the, he's the quarterback, so he gets more of a microscope on him. But how come it's everyone else's fault? It's Brian Harson's fault for everybody last year who didn't play well. But Robbie Ashford is his own fault. That makes no sense to me.
0: I I was just gonna let you cook. I I'm, I echo where you're at. I'm with you. Um, also, I'm sorry I did say this, but that's he, he not the answer. Had a full season at starting quarterback. Bullshit. No, he didn't. <laughs> like, that's he just, didn't play that's, like four games. That's objectively just not true.
1: Also, Here's another, like, who's Robbie Ashford with IE? I don't know Robbie Ashford with IE. <laughs> uh,
0: Mike McKinney, 59. Ha, ha, this is an interesting take that I don't think a, a lot of people talk about. Um, actually, I think Robbie – they said, I think Robbie is Chetri freezes. guy. Montgomery likes Thorne. That's the problem. I don't – I will be transparent. I will be completely transparent, open and honest, as I always am with you guys here on the College Loop. I have absolutely no sources. I have nothing that has said that to me that has made me believe that that is the case. But at the same time, and I'm going to throw it back up on the screen so people that are popping and watching the stream and looking over can see, get the reference. This would not surprise me. I, I, w- I would not be just shocked. But at the same time, I don't feel comfortable like even pretending like I know that that's on the table. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it, it just comes down to the fact that, I mean, if it's coach speak, it's coach speak. But if it's not, it means something. Freeze has been very adamant that Peyton Thorne has the job but not by a large margin. Right. Like it's both Holden and Robbie nipping at the heels of Peyton Thorne. If this is, if that has any legitimacy to it, uh, like outside of the mind of uh, Mike McKinney, uh, then that's a problem within the coordinator and the head coach.
0: Which because... also means Philip Montgomery should not be on staff. Yeah. Tr- truthfully. Uh, I mean, I, I think that Mike McKinney brings up a, qu- a good question. I, I, I don't, I'm not, Mike, I'm not saying that you're you're crazy for thinking that. I just, we don't have footing to say that comfortably. But. I do
1: like the idea of the three headed monster that is me, Mama Ashford, and Coach Freeze all on the Robbie hype train.
0: <laughs> Last question we got from our group. We're going to, we're just going to roll with this one and we're going to move on to some other sports here. Chunky Golfer said, What will Auburn's running back room look like next week with Alston out? That is a great question. Um, And and, and I mentioned it earlier. I do think that means Brian Battee has a bigger role. I think he should have a bigger role. It's Jeremiah Cobb time. It it is. And Jeremiah Cobb, in my opinion, fits into that, uh, excuse me, Demari Alston role a little bit better, a lot better than Brian Battee. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be using the three-headed monster not to recycle what you just said of what they've got left available. I still think that Auburn's running back room very much intact. But if you're curious, if the question here is touches-wise, I think it it goes, it could be crazy. I think it goes Jarquez, Ryan Battee, Jeremiah Cobb. Now, if Cobb's running the ball physically and moving the ball well, that can shift. And if Jarquez is getting stuff, those things can change around. A lot of it's going to be early onset trial and error. And first off, Auburn's got to commit to running the damn football. Something that they weren't able to do against A&M. So uh, there, there's a lot of,
1: th- this is a fantastic, it's a fantastic question. Yeah, because, honestly. Like, I'm not sure. Looking at what you said, I think Batee actually gets more touches because I think Batee adds another element to the pass game uh, than the right. other running backs.
0: As a check down receiving running back.
1: But I mean, no, even looking right. at if you just had the two guys uh, just running Batee and Hunter the most, I mean, you could look at a tandem, not on the same level, but of the same usage as Cadillac and Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, Jarquez is a bigger back than Brian Batee. You're more of a bruiser kind of thing. He's fast. Uh, But he is more of the type that's going to try to run you over rather than juke you out. Right. Brian Batee, on the other hand, finesse, finesse, Uh, finesse is key. Uh, And Brian Batee, and one thing that annoys me is uh, this happened so much. I don't understand. It's just an Auburn thing. It's other schools thing, but I see it more with Auburn because I watch them more. How come I always find one? play during the game, during any game where I watch Auburn speed back get put on a halfback dive up the middle of the the of the lines. No idea. I saw Brian Matee get put up in the middle and then Auburn lost a yard. I'm like, why are we why are we putting Brian Mattee around up the middle?
0: Yeah, why is he not running down? Where's
1: now? where's Zerquest? Jeremiah Cobb, I think, would be a better up the middle back. No uh, Sean yeah. Jackson, who averaged thirty one yards a carry <laughs> against Texas A and M. So I, why wasn't he put up the middle? I just it baffles me. I wonder, in Philip Montgomery's mind, if Peyton Thorne's his guy, Brian Bichie's the uh, the the power back, and uh, to catch freeze, it's uh, he's the speed back.
0: Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's maybe <laughs> mix
1: everything up. That,
0: yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Other news around Auburn, nothing crazy going on right now. We've kind of we've had a busy week of content, so we've we've been keeping people pretty pretty informed. If you're looking for something to do this weekend and you're in town for the Auburn Georgia game. There are plenty of opportunities to go support very talented, on the rise, buy stock now, Auburn sports. It starts on Saturday, uh, excuse me, on, on, on Friday night. Auburn, Auburn soccer will host, they're now number 15. When our graphic comes out on Friday, I apologize sincerely, it's going to say number seven. South Carolina did drop drastically in the rankings. That's I'm sorry, uh, that literally happened today. But they're, they're hosting number 15, South Carolina uh, at the Auburn soccer complex on Friday night at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Put the Gamecocks on upset alert. Auburn had a fantastic showing and a draw against Ole Miss uh, earlier in the week, but playing good defense. Now just finding the, finding the back of the goal uh, is this is the key as Colin uh, Byersdorf mentioned earlier in the week uh, for Karen Hoppe's squad volleyball. If you want to make it an all out UGA hate weekend, and we mentioned this at the beginning of the show, every weekend here is UGA hate weekend. You can go watch volleyball take on UGA on Sunday afternoon. I believe that game is actually actually kind of late. I think it's like two, two or three PM central um, or that, that match. But Auburn Volleyball is on the rise. They took on Arkansas last night, the tonight as we're recording. Actually, they haven't even played yet as we're recording.
1: Oh no, they're as we're recording, they're in the second set.
0: Uh, did they win the first set? No. Okay. Well, they're down one set to none as the at the time of recording of this show. So either they won or they lost that one. Either way, I can confidently say it was close, regardless, because Auburn is on the rise, even though they're very young, as Colin mentioned. Brent Crouch got that team absolutely humming. Doing a lot of good things over there. A couple ways you guys can support us, and I know that this is usually a Colin Byersworth job, but he and Daniel Locke had college student obligations, and Dylan and I as majority of shareholders had to step up and, and pull the double header this evening. Happy to do it. Always happy to be here. First way, Dylan, can you throw the wardam shirt on the screen for me real quick?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to let you know before. Uh, Auburn just lost the second set.
0: Okay. Well, they're counting two sets to none. So that's going really well. And there's a shirt. There's the war damn shirt. Your very own feeling loopy t-shirt. You can get one for $25 at the warport.com. Don't feel like putting it in the search bar. Yeah, me either. You can just click on the link in any of our descriptions on wherever you're streaming our show, whether that be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, the works, five colorways, most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. College loopboard Poor Podcast Network, co-branded feeling loopy t-shirt. Pick up your shirt, use hashtag feeling loopy, tweet at us. We'll throw it up on the stream. Happy to do it anytime. You guys are the reason. Also, the biggest and easiest way. And it's free. It's 100% free. Easiest way that you guys can support us is hitting the subscribe button. We are a week and a half out from us starving Colin again until we get to our next benchmark, which is actually going to be, we said 700. I'm kind of feeling 750. I kind of want Colin's on a cut right now. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll do what we can. No. If you guys want to support us, we really appreciate it. If you guys would like subscribe and ring the bell, just subscribe to the channel ring the bell like the video comment your thoughts give us your score predictions for this weekend make sure you tell us where you think we're wrong you guys are going to do it anyways and we appreciate that because all of your feedback is good feedback we want to talk about what you guys want to talk about and it is the number one way to support our channel and it's completely free so thank you guys so much for everything you continue to do i'm here Tar. at by here on the bird app and on instagram if you want to come hang out for whatever reason i've never plugged that before but here i am I've plugged threads but not instagram make sure you come hang out with us dylan will tell you where to find the rest of our show everywhere else dylan let's Yo, know, to sleep.
1: Yep. And of course, happy belated birthday to Coach You Freeze. Coach You
0: Freeze. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we are
1: this, we're this recording this on his birthday. It's coming out the day after. So, that's right. Throw that out there real quick. But yeah, I'm Dylan Lark at You Boy the Tank on Twitter slash X. It redirects. It's just right there at You Boy the Tank. I just put me on Instagram at Dylan Lark, d-y-l-a-n-l-e-r-c-k And you go to Foster with the College loop You literally have us everywhere Twitter, X, Facebook. TikTok, instagram and right here on youtube where you should like comment subscribe leave your thoughts uh but the georgia game do you think auburn can win why would they win uh is it with peyton Thorne? is it with robbie ashford who needs to step up the most for the auburn tigers against georgia and of course if you want to hear the audio version of the show i completely understand i'd get tired of seeing tar's face as well i get tired of seeing
0: yours yeah
1: uh and not as much as I get tired of yours. Can't nope. lie. <laughs> but of course you would have us on Spotify, podcast, Google podcast, and Amazon music. And of course, with all of that being said, this has been the college of loop podcast.